This week, my guest is Andrew Warner. We chat about how he helps marketers develop better relationships with their finance colleagues. Just how should the marketing department work better with the chief finance officer? Welcome to episode 258 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading. Thank you, as always, for listening. I do appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. Before we dive into this week's interview with Andrew Warner, just a quick plug for the launch of my book, Cats, Mats and Marketing Plans. It's all about how to put together a simple marketing strategy as your business goes for growth. To get your copy, just go to rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash book and you'll find all the links you need to the relevant Amazon pages. It launches on the 2nd of November. You can buy the Kindle edition or you can buy the paperback. Please do buy a copy. Let me know what you think. And if you like it, do please leave me a review on Amazon. When I was working in big corporate, my relationship with the chief finance officer was fraught, to say the least. I always thought that the finance people just didn't understand marketers. Eventually, I realised that you have to talk in their language, just like you have to talk in the language of all your customers. And finance people love to talk about money and profit. This week, my guest is Andrew Warner, and he's an expert in how to create great relationships between marketing and finance. So let's get straight into that interview with Andrew right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Andrew Warner, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hey, Roger. Thanks for having me on. Andrew, today we're going to talk about finances within businesses, specifically the chief financial officer and how he might interact with the marketing function. And that might strike a bit of fear into some of the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast, because even though the name finance is in the name of the show, we sometimes don't focus on the actual finance of a business. We, we tend to talk about personal finance, savings and investments and that sort of thing. But today we're going to be talking about the actual financing of a business. But before we get into that, Andrew, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you came from, how your career developed, and and basically what makes Andrew Warner tick. Sure. So my focus originally was on the finance side. So I started out working in an accounting firm and being trained with a finance and marketing degree. Um, But I I actually, my passion was more on the small business front. And so I tried to pursue that with digital marketing and trying to uh, build up a portfolio of uh, smaller e-commerce stores, some of which I actually sold in 2017. And then I uh, started work, working as a digital marketing consultant. And so that was a interesting change, uh, but I kept getting pulled back into the finance world. Uh, people were having cash flow issues. People were having issues explaining their marketing budget and explaining how it's going to impact their revenue. And so over time, I slowly just kept getting morphed back into this more finance role. And I eventually just kind of accepted it. And this is my primary focus now is trying to uh, fulfill that finance function, but with an understanding of marketing. And with a lot of companies, it's really a a key missing point, kind of like you were talking about at the beginning. I mean, I really think it's something that is necessary to combine 
And so I really like your podcast where you try to merge both of those together. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you said that you you, you started out in finance and, and then you moved into marketing. That, that That's not the sort of career progression I've come across that often. Finance is, a, I, I guess, quite a technical career path. And most people who embark upon that career path end up staying in it pretty much all the time. But you made a conscious effort to to try and move into the marketing space. Was there any particular reason for that? Yeah, so I, I think that there's a lot of potential. Uh, really, the, the connector between marketing and finance is really the data analytics. Mm-hmm. And so I have a background, um, you know, starting out in Excel, but then moving to Python and SQL and being able to combine both of those really was something that worked with what I like to do because I could mm-hmm. focus on the, the data and um, trying to integrate that into a holistic picture. Uh, but that's what I would see is like the real way to connect them these days is with the data management, data analysis. I think that that's a real value unlock that a lot of digital marketers are, are pretty familiar with. It feels like almost all the marketers I talk to are um, data analysts to some extent. Yeah. And this company that you that you work, you've got a website, it's called Marketing CFO. You're, you're almost like a virtual chief financial officer for the businesses that you work with. So is how much demand is there for this, this sort of thing? I think there's a big need for people, especially in the e-commerce and digital marketing world, uh, for people that understand marketing, but can also translate that into to finance. Um, I think that that's a Something that a lot of people fail to do is really understand how their marketing budget will impact their financials and um, and the strategic decisions that that allows. And so I think that it's a, a growing market and um, probably something I'm, I'm honestly planning to do for the next 50 years, just because I think it's something that's going to continue to grow. Now, I'm going to just tell you a little story. This is because my background is has been marketing for my entire career. I've been a marketer for over 25 years. I've worked in big corporates, as I call them. I've worked in small companies. And for the last seven years, I've been a, a marketing consultant, helping businesses put together marketing strategies. And one of the things that I I'm concerned about as a career marketeer is that today I don't believe that marketing is seen as a wide discipline in the way that it it, it actually is. If you go to university and study marketing, you're going to be looking at consumer research, you're going to be looking at segmentation, you're going to be looking at uh, targeting, you're going to be looking at positioning, which is a fancy word of, for saying putting together an offer. You're going to be looking at product development. You're going to be looking at pricing. You're going to be looking at strategy. You're going to be looking at promotion. And there's a hell of a lot involved in that. You know, it's a massive, massive discipline. But a lot of the time today, when I hear people refer to marketing, they are really only referring to that bit we call promotion. So it's either email or advertising or content or webinars, whatever you want to call it. It's just that promotional part. And and I do get concerned that the marketing profession is being diminished by people who have that attitude that that is all that marketing is, but also people outside of marketing maybe have the impression that that is all that marketing is. And it's a, it's a topic that's come up on the show quite a few times, is that marketing people are being demoted away from the C-suite or the board of businesses because it just isn't being seen as that important anymore. Have you, have you, do you have a, an opinion on that? Have you seen similar things happening with the businesses that you've worked with? Yeah, I think the biggest disconnect there is that you can see that marketing is getting to where there's more and more analytics. And so you can see your traffic, you can see your conversion rate. You know, in the past, I was trained in finance. Uh, I was told, 
you know that half of your marketing spend is wasted. Uh, you just don't know which half. Yes. And I think I think we both know that that's not true anymore. Um, but that is something that I think that finance still doesn't understand. Um, and I agree with you. I think that there's a lot of ways in terms of the traffic and the conversion rate and just a lot of other um, intangibles, really, and some things that would not show up on a traditional income statement that a lot of the C-suite doesn't understand. And I think that it's something that's a really missing part for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that if a marketer can really close that gap for somebody and help translate that into financials, I think that that's a really big benefit they can bring to the table. Yeah, the, there was an article in, in a, a British marketing publication just a couple of weeks ago. It's called Marketing Week. And it's by one of my favourite marketing writers. And, and the headline, it just fits our conversation perfectly. The headline is, Marketers Blame CFOs for Not Getting Marketing when actually it's our fault. And and literally that's what he's saying is that marketers get upset when the finance people on the board of a company or in the C-suite almost brush marketing off as something that's fluffy and that they don't understand and, you know, don't don't bring all of that, that the, those um, advertising boards into the boardroom. We're not interested in it. And the marketing people are getting upset that they, they're not understood. But Mark is saying in this article that actually it's the marketing people's fault because they're not talking in the language of the CFO. And the CFO doesn't really want to see what colour the advert's in or what, what shade of pink it is or what shade of blue it is. The CFO wants to know how it's going to make the, mon- the money for the company, how it's going to add to profits, uh, how it's going to grow the market. And and I, and I think that's quite an interesting article to have come out at the, at the time that we're having this conversation, because that effectively that what you're saying is that companies are now looking for somebody to effectively create that connection in the boardroom and help marketers make the finance people understand what they do. I would actually disagree though. I put a lot of the blame on the finance department. Uh, So I would almost change that title to that it's finance's fault. But I I completely agree. I think that that is a, you know, marketing is getting more and more important and there's more and more data. And there's a lot of people, especially in my accounting world, where they're talking about that double entry accounting needs to be updated. There's a great book called Capitalism Without Capital, where he basically is talking about that because we're not taking into account intangibles, like a lot of this marketing focus, um, we're really missing out. And um, it's really just causing a lot of issues in, in society in general, but you know, in accounting and finance and business management, especially. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a few things you can do. I mean, I, I even think what you're talking about where too many people just focus on the promotions. And so a lot of the finance people just see marketing as a, an expense on the income statement. And that's all that they think about it. And they, um, you know, they start their conversation when you look at the income statement, they start with revenue. And yeah. I think that you and I know there's a lot of pieces to get to that revenue and you can really break out a lot of that analytics beforehand. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you flipped that and said it was actually the finance people who were at fault. I suspect it's six of one and half a dozen of the other, isn't it? I think that both sides c- could probably do a lot more to communicate together. But something you said there that I want to pick up on, it's very, very important, is that, and I've come across this when I've worked in big corporates, is that a lot of times people in finance see marketing as an expense as opposed to seeing marketing as an investment. And and, and, and again, you, you would come to the annual budgeting cycle of the company and the edict that was usually handed down from finance was, we want you to cut your budget by 5% or 10% or whatever it might be. And marketing was often the first place they went to see how they could save money. Because again, they have this mindset that uh, you're the colouring in department, as Mark Ritson calls it in his article. That's all you do. You paint pretty pictures. And that's 
again, because they're not talking in the same language. The marketing people should be saying, see this adv- advertising campaign. Yes, it might be in a nice shade of blue or a nice shade of pink, but actually it's going to increase our revenue by £200 million pounds or $15 million, whatever it is. Talk in that language so that both sides understand the value of what they're bringing to the table. Oh, yeah, I think that that's great. And even a few things that I do that I think that your listeners do, they're marketing people trying to explain to a finance person. Mm -hmm. Um, I would break out the marketing spend between the different goals. So for example, if you have customer acquisition and I would break that out and say, okay, how much revenue is this generating? And maybe that's okay if it's less because you're acquiring customers. And then break out if there's campaigns that are designed to be profitable, you know, track those separately and be able to show the analytics and results there. I think it's also important if there's, um, you know, sometimes on the finance side, we'll want to liquidate inventory. And mm. we know that that inventory was you know, unprofitable and we just want to get it, get that cash back as soon as possible. And if the advertising campaign is unprofitable, we don't care as much. We just want to get that inventory out the door and get the cash back in the door. And so I think that breaking all that out separately, instead of just having one line of advertising expense, I think that that really can help finance visualize because it's speaking their language. You know, they need, they look at expense and they look at numbers. And so if you can translate a lot of that marketing strategy into an easier way for them to understand. I think that that's a, a really key thing you can do as a marketer to really differentiate yourself. Yeah, I think it's all about, I mean, I, I like to try and keep things simple. So I would never go into the boardroom um, and talk about all that research targeting segmentation that I mentioned before. But I do think you have to say, this is our offer and that's probably the product or the service and this is what it costs. And the goal that we have for this campaign or for this year or or for this webinar or whatever it might be is, and then there has to be a deliverable, which is either an increased number of customers, an increased amount of revenue, an increased amount of profit, something which is measurable. And I think that is where a lot of marketers at the moment are falling down because they're not articulating in that it's in that way. They're just saying, we're going to throw out a load of ads. We're going to throw out a load of, of webinars and they aren't giving the, the full, the full picture. So when somebody comes along to you, Andrew, and, and wants you to help them, what, what's the process you take them through to try to get this marketing finance language aligned? What I think the, the best thing to do is to really combine all the data sources. Mm-hmm. And that's really my specialty. And I my first hire wasn't another accountant. It was actually a data scientist. And so I really work to combine the, the finance equations and the finance data and, and then integrate that with the marketing and the traffic and analytics. And I really think that that is the key unlock. If you can mm-hmm. pull all that data together and then you can start analyzing it. And there's a lot you can do with just basic Python, basic SQL, you can really go a lot deeper and give a more holistic view of the business. And I think that, that that's really, it's almost not even like an advanced strategy. I think it, it should be a simple strategy because <laughs> I think that people need to focus on, you know, how these two interact, the finance and the marketing. It's really, you know, there's, there's a lot that's missing on the table in a lot of respects if you're not um, going through that process. But that would be my first step is to combine all the data sources, try to get a holistic picture. And then from there, there's a, there's a lot you can build on top of that. And when we're talking about budgets, this is another area which I found there's quite a lot of conflict, especially in, in bigger businesses. When we, you have that annual budgetary cycle, the annual strategy cycle, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of the companies that I've worked in, you know, they'll have a budget for the marketing team. They'll have a budget for customer service. They'll have a budget for sales. And usually, 
you know, they, they may go through some great big complicated process to get to the answer, but ultimately it always seemed to me that it was either we want you to increase your sales by X percent and decrease your costs by Y percent, and that was pretty much it. So it, it never seemed to me that there was any great science in getting to that actual figure. It was just that there was already a figure there and they wanted to cut the amount we spend and increase the amount we, we, we bring in. Is that the right way to do it? Or should we be actually starting from absolute, I think they even call it zero budgeting, don't they? Where they say, okay, instead of you saying what my budget is and what I can deliver for that, I, I come to you with something like I explained before, this is our offer, this is how much it costs, and this is our goal, and this is how much we need to spend on it. What, what's, what's your views on that the, the budgetary process? I think that the zero-based budgeting and a lot of the standard budgeting techniques work great for everything except marketing spend. Right. And I think that for marketing spend, you really need to... Let me walk through how I do a budget. So what I would do is I would actually look at the source and okay are we looking at traffic you know how much traffic do we need and then on below that how much what does the conversion rate need to be to be able to um, have a certain number of unit sales and then what does the average price need to be for us to hit that revenue and basically mm. turn that into an equation mm. and then say okay so we want to hit this revenue and this is the goal what spend do we need what what kind of click-through rates do we need and i would try to have a budget for all of that mm -hmm. because i think it all integrates together and I think that if you're a if you're a marketing person and you're at a you know larger company where there's a, a whole siloed finance department, I would try to proactively have that conversation with them because I think that if they they'll appreciate it if you can do it in the right way, and if if they don't appreciate it, then um, maybe you should look for somewhere else to work uh, because I think that you know anybody that's not trying to figure this out and and take that kind of approach is probably not going to uh, succeed in this new economy, in my opinion. Does this actually mean that marketing people? who I, I guess uh, th this is probably not the case, but the, the traditional view of a marketing person is a creative. You know, I, I've been called fluffy in the past, or if I take a Myers-Briggs test or something like that, it'll be very emotional and very creative and that sort of thing. Are we getting to the stage now where marketing people need to come from more of a finance background, perhaps like you did, rather than as a from a creative background, which is where I started out? I think it's one of the rare areas where you can really do both and mm. succeed either way. Mm. And there's pieces that need art and there's pieces that need science. Mm. And I, I really think that you can't, it's going to be difficult to succeed with just one. And a lot of people that just focus on, for example, pay-per-click advertising, and that can be very science-based. But then if I talk to somebody who understands the science side and the data analytics side and is working with the finance department and really on key there, and then also has that creative on top of that, um, those are always the best performers. And so I think that that's a, uh, being able to combine those two is, is something that's really essential for um, the next stage of marketing. Yeah, I think I think you've got to have that cross section of skills. And and, and ultimately, it's, it's making sure that everybody within the company talks in the same language together. And if that means the marketing people have got to learn the language of finance, and the people in finance have got to learn the language of marketing, then that is a a good investment of their time to help the future prosperity of the business. So Andrew, you, you said before, and, and I agree with you, there's so much that we can measure now. You can measure pay, pay per click. Um, you can measure the cost of adverts across pretty much all channels. But I still think that some elements of marketing communications, again, these days, 
is there still a bit of a gut feel to it? I mean, I may be thinking about social media here. You know, quite a lot of companies uh, have jumped onto social media. I know Twitter's been around 10 years now and Facebook, etc. But, you know, a lot of companies dived onto that. Some of them had pretty good results. But in the early days of social media, it was it was very much, we'll just try it out and see what happens. You know, you couldn't genuinely say that a sale came from a specific tweet or a, a sale came from a a specific post on LinkedIn. Do you think that every part of the of the marketing process has to be has to be able to be analysed, or do we still have those areas where gut feel is still going to be relevant? Well, I think a, a marketer that can bring their gut feel and that has that attuned to what the market wants is always going to be extremely valuable. Mm. I think the way what I would say is is that the the next step there is once you have that gut feel, checking it against the the science, the data, and, and trying it out. And then just trying to have a quick feedback loop to, okay, is this working? Is this getting the results that I want? And I think another thing too, is I'm seeing a lot of marketers that really focus on the principles behind virality. And they'll, and it's almost like a, you know, I live here in Nashville and, uh, you know, Taylor Swift is a, um, you know, a big part of Nashville. And one thing that a lot of people will say um, for her is that it's the same, same chords over and over again. You know, you just change the boyfriend and it's a, it's another hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that a lot of times you can have that with marketing where the same principles for virality just applied in a different way. It's a way where you can really apply your art on top of that science. And so that's something that I think is really a, um, a great way to combine both of those sides of the equation. And how do I have that conversation with the CFO and say, look, there's this thing called Twitter. There's this thing called YouTube. We want to use it to promote our business, to promote our product. But initially, we haven't got the data to prove to you that this is a a good thing to do. But we feel that it will gain traction and it will be successful for us in the future. How do I have that conversation with somebody who might be looking at me thinking, Roger, you just want to play with these shiny toys, don't you? You know, that's not real work. How do I have that conversation to to alleviate the concerns that the finance people might have? I think one thing that marketing really has going for it, and we've talked about it a lot on this on this podcast, is the analytics and the data. And what's cool here is that that is the same way that finance people think. It's a lot of times I'm, I'll be brought in to uh, kind of facilitate that conversation between the, the two sides or helping help a marketing agency explain to their, their clients, CFOs, why, how they should think about their marketing spend. And one of the number one things I see is it seems like people are just talking past each other. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, one of the best things you can do is just convert what you're talking about in marketing strategy into numbers and say, okay, if we can get this much social engagement, and then if we can convert a portion of that. And then if we can, um, you know, charge this much for this service at that, um, based on that conversion, I think that that's really something that you can translate the marketing strategy into a way that the, and almost CFO speech, because finance people, they love the numbers, they love equations. And that's also something that's falsifiable. It's, Hey, did we hit this traffic number? Did we hit this click through? And if you can show them that equation and then say, you know, this is a test, we don't know if it'll work. Um, and, and you can measure against it three months from now. I think that that's really the the best unlock there um, and the focus for a lot of people on, on the marketing side. And and one of the things that uh, tends to happen, and, and especially with content marketing, and I, I can use my own podcast as an example here. When I started this podcast, I was told that the average lifespan of a podcast across the world was seven episodes. And a lot of people give up 
after seven episodes because they've not seen anything come back. Now, I'd done 33 episodes of the Marketing and Finance podcast before I can prove that I got a piece of business out of doing this podcast. And in fairness, that was a, a written article for a trade magazine, and I think I got paid £250 for it. It was something like 76 episodes before I got a five-figure piece of business as a direct result of somebody hearing me on this show. Now, if I had gone into a finance director at my old company and said, we're going to need to do 77 episodes of this podcast before we get any substantial return out, he would have probably kicked me out of the room and, and laughed very loud. So I can understand why quite, quite a lot of initiatives like that only go for seven episodes, or, or it could be a, a video show or something like that. So, so that's what I'm trying to get at. It's when you haven't got the data initially, how long do you give it before the finance people are going to start to say, you know, you've done seven episodes, it's not working, pull the plug. Yeah, I think that, that that really is key is that there's a lot of marketing initiatives and a podcast is one of the best examples of this where it, it takes a significant amount of time. Mm. And one of my, my favorite quotes um, from Warren Buffett is that, um, you know, it, it takes nine months um, to make a baby and you, you can't speed up that process by getting <laughs> nine women pregnant. So <laughs> there's some things that just take time. Um, and I think that this is one of those examples. Um, and I think that another thing to think about there, and maybe this is a good way to translate that idea into an accounting and double entry um, bookkeeping standpoint is that in finance, they're used to spending cash on inventory and a lot of other things in their business that turn into assets. Mm. And so you'll see it, it's, it's, an ex, it's not an expense on the income statement that goes out the door and disappears. It's moving to that uh, balance sheet category. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of this in marketing where, for example, I mean, you are building up an intangible asset in your podcast and building up your, your network and you know, I'm, I'm sure there's all kinds of intangibles that you were building up over that time. And I think that that's a great way where if you can explain and say, hey, this is not going to be on the balance sheet, but it's a similar concept. Um, it's a great way to kind of bridge and apply those accounting principles that these finance people are really familiar with mm-hmm. and apply that to the, the marketing strategy. Okay, so let, let's just go off in a slightly different direction as we as we draw our conversation toward towards its close. Since you effectively went back to effectively specialize in being a marketing CFO for your customers. What, what's been the biggest challenge that you've faced building marketing CFO? I think that a big part of it is just trying to narrow down the focus. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, there's so much data now. It's almost, a, it's a more of a problem than when you just had the finance and, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent holistic in what you're viewing, but at least you knew here's what I've got to focus on. And I think that that is really the, the key thing you need to figure out is how can you narrow down all these different pieces that are and moving pieces and moving targets in your business mm-hmm. and narrow it down to just the bare minimum of what you need to know to know how to run your business and make it uh, more profitable. And, and that's really the, the um, philosophical and practical question that I'm solving for all of my clients is trying to narrow it down and get them directly to where instead of having to diagnose the problems themselves, we can really just get straight to taking action and, uh, getting the results that they want. That's has to be expected, Andrew. And of course, the answer will probably be different for each of your customers. And I always ask this question as well, and you may already have answered this question, but what is the one big thing that you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take out of the experiences you've had during your career in building your business? Yeah, I think it's it's just going to um, 
I'm going to go a little deeper on what we talked about before. Yeah. Um, I think it's combining that art and combining that science. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really something that marketers can do really well. I think that they are ahead of the curve in terms of all the other industries and combining both of those sides. And I think that in the new economy, that's going to be really valuable. And so I think that that and um, the principles behind that, because the, the tactics may change, but the principles will stay the same. I think that those those two things would be what I'd most recommend your, your listeners think about. That's really interesting. And I'm really pleased that we had this conversation today, Andrew. I have to say, even though this is called the Marketing and Finance Podcast, the word finance in the context of this podcast is more personal finances like savings and investments as opposed to the finances of a business. And even I admit that I tend to shy away from that part of the uh, equation because I'm not classically trained as a finance person. In fact, maths was probably my weakest subject at school. So it's been really interesting to talk to you about this and and you've made it really simple and easy to understand. And and as people who listen to the show know, I love my simplicity. So thanks very much for coming on the show and talking about this. I'm hoping that people listening to the show might want to get in touch, maybe have a conversation about their finances. So what's the best place that people should connect with you, Andrew? Sure. So I have a website at marketingcfo.com and there's a link right at the very top where you can schedule a brief consultation with me. So feel free to schedule something. I'm happy to go uh, deeper. I, I love talking with um, you know, anybody that's really focused and doing interesting things on the marketing side. I'm definitely a financial nerd and a, and a marketing nerd. So happy to go deeper on either one of those aspects. Fantastic. Andrew, thank you so much for your time. It's been really interesting to chat to you this afternoon. I usually say to my uh, guests that we must meet up and have a coffee or a beer at some point. Given the fact that you're on the other side of the Atlantic and we're in the middle of a global pandemic, I suspect we might have to wait a little bit longer for that to happen. But the offer is still there. Sounds good. I'll look forward to maybe Maybe by 2022, we can get something together. It's a date. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.